bounces away from McCulloch. Thurston gets the ball to Morgan. Morgan crosses the 20. Comes away to O'Neill. Welcome to Above the Horizontal, a podcast about rugby league. I'm your host, Bo Nicholson, and my co-host tonight is Daniel Friend. Friendy, always very exciting this time of year. We're recording at 4.20pm on Tuesday, the day before Origin 1. You start to get really excited and nervous. I am so excited and nervous and, yeah, all, all things in between. So, can't even imagine how the players are feeling. But yeah, yeah, very keen, mate. We will definitely be covering some origin predictions and things like that in some more depth, uh, but we'll be doing that in a separate episode. So if you're listening to this episode on whatever feed you're listening to, the origin one will be the most recent of the two. So do check that out if you can, if it has loaded by the time you listen to this, of course. Let's jump into some wildcard awards, Trendy, uh, covering the very uh, truncated round 13, which only had four games. Uh, my wildcard this week is the... My mum's chocolate mud cake that she makes for every one of my birthdays award for too much of a good thing. And it goes to Joey Manu. Now, Joey Manu made the shifts to fullback for the Roosters uh, with Tedesco being in origin camp, of course. And you and I are both a big fan of what Joey Manu does. But it, he he ran for something like 300 metres, like, like 30 hit-ups. It was just like a crazy amount of workload. And you know what? I really, really like that he's thrown in more than 100% effort, if that's even possible. Like, he really tried his ass off for his team. But I think it was too much of a good thing. I think he got the ball too often, and it kind of stunted their attack a little bit because once he got it, it was just like, okay, well, yes, Joey Manu is hard to tackle, but at least we know what our job is. We're not worried about people outside him, like Joseph Suwali. Uh, we're not worried about people inside of him, maybe like Angus Crichton. Uh, we're worried about Joey Manu. And that makes your job a lot simpler. So, I think, you know, I don't want to blame him for the loss, but I think it went a long way to contributing to their lack of points against the Raiders and, and, and indeed their loss. So, he gets the uh, My Mum's Chocolate Cake Award uh, for too much of a good thing. What, what did you make of that, by the way? Did you see the game? Yeah, I did. I thought there was two things contributing to their stunted attack. And I guess Joey was probably one of them. You cannot knock his effort, no. uh, and, and I'm sure you haven't either. But um, yeah, he, he certainly tries his butt off. But as you said, it's very all about Joey when he has the ball. Um, he's a phenomenal player, but not sure whether he, he gives his outside backs an opportunity or back rowers or anything like that as much as he could, or like someone like a Tedesco does. The other thing I noticed about them was the halves were standing quite wide of the Rock, Kiri, and Walker, and the dummy halves they have at the moment are Drew Hutchison and Connor Watson, who are both not recognized number nines. So mm. the fact you're asking them to throw a, a perfect spiral pass probably further than they normally would off the ground, which they're not used to, is very hard for them to do. It comes across the field much slower, and I thought it ran the halves out of time and in turn ran their attack out of room. And probably Joey Manu as well. Um, yeah. One thing worth mentioning, by the way, that... The Roosters, like a lot of clubs, use their their lock. Like lock is almost yep. an outdated term now. It's more like link. They're yep. a, they're a link now. They're part of the spine, and that would normally be Victor Radley, who would probably ease that pain a little bit. Um, at the moment, they're using Nat Butcher in that role. Not to knock Nat Butcher, but he's not Victor Radley. And I just wonder if yeah, that combination of standing that wide, not getting the best service from the number nines, having a thirteen that's not the best equipped to deliver that service as well. It kind of just 
culminated into what's turning into a fairly hot and cold season for the Rooters, I've got to say. Yeah, agreed, mate. I think Jared being out as well was a big loss for them prior to the match. So he sort of straightens them up and gives them that aggression through the middle. But yeah, certainly, um, yeah, an up and down year for them so far. We are big fans of JWH here at Above the Horizontal. Friendy, what's your wildcard award this week? My wildcard award this week, Bo, is the Musical Chairs Award, and it goes to the NRL Coaching Fraternity. Uh, today, we've had two, well, I don't know if they've swapped chairs, but they've they've at least fallen off. There's Nathan Brown and Michael <laughs> Maguire. I, um, I can't believe Nathan Brown told New Zealand that he doesn't plan to relocate. That They're called the New Zealand Warriors. What did you think was happening, Nathan? <laughs> I saw, I saw, uh, I saw uh, Miles posted a, a meme from The Simpsons where it was like he's on, he's on the phone to the the boss, being like, "No, no, no, it was we never said anything about moving to New Zealand." No, 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 and yeah, then no. and it's like apparently he mentioned it five or six times. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's like it is, it is a strange and bizarre situation. I, I reckon we dive into it because it's very unheard of to have two coaches bite the dust in one day. It reminds me of the the Halcyon days of 2020, where I think we had five coaches bite the dust. This season, it's been three. Now, we have been told, of course, that Trent Barrett, uh, you know, uh, fell on his own sword, um, which, you know, believe what you will. I'm not exactly sure about that. Gus is definitely sticking to that tune. We've had Mick Potter stand in as caretaker coach. Now, the Warriors uh, have had Nathan Brown with that extraordinary, like you say, um, admission that he, he doesn't want to relocate to New Zealand to coach the team that he's been signed to coach, um, including the fact that he, you know, he cut his teeth, well, he cut his teeth coaching the Dragons, but then went across to the English Super League. So, like, he's coached overseas before. Um, that's, that's a fascinating one. So they've, they've sorted that out. He's not coached them anymore. Stacey Jones is taking over, a great Warriors player. Possibly one of New Zealand's best ever, and then Michael Maguire, of course, the uh, the victim of the uh, the mid season review, the famous mid season review at the Tigers. He was meant to be gone a year ago. That didn't quite happen. Uh, he was short odds to be the first to go this season. Um, he turned out to be the third with Brett Kamali taking over as caretaker. Mm. What can we make about all this, Randy? I've, I've just said a lot of words, which just adds to a <laughs> lot of confusion. But like, there's. Three coaches gone. Do you think this is all like good business for these clubs? Oh, well, not really. You've got to pay out some guys over half a million dollars to a million dollars. It's very English Premier League, isn't it? Uh, mm-hmm. Just just sack the coach and everything will change. But it doesn't really seem to be the case. Most times this happens. I mean, who are, who are the Tigers going to bring in that's more credentialed than Michael Maguire right now? I mean. Mm-hmm. Past experiences and everything, but at least he's won a premiership and he sort of built that club from not not going great, but um, yeah, into premiership contenders and then premiership winners. The roster was a bit better, but yeah, I don't know. Um, I actually, Nathan Brown, I think this could be the last time he coaches in the NRL, mm-hmm. uh, given, given what's happened. I mean, how could anyone hire him after... Literally signing to coach the New Zealand Warriors, but not wanting to go to New Zealand. I, I still can't wrap my head around that. And poor Trent Barrett. Unfortunately, I think he'll be a really good assistant coach for a long time. I don't think he's a head coach either. So, I don't know. Maybe the clubs are onto something, but yeah, it seems all very strange. Well, what I'm curious about is the fact that these are three struggling clubs. Um, mm. The Bulldogs, though, you know, 
their last premiership was 2004, sure, but they they did make the grand final in 2012 and in 2014. So they mm-hmm. they're not that far removed from quite a successful sort of era for them. Mm. Um and they've fallen hard by the wayside, but what they have done is they've they've made some very very key appointments including Phil Gould, uh, of course. Now the Warriors have been perennially poor. The last time they featured in a grand final was 2011. The previous time, 2002, lost both of those fairly convincingly. Now, the Warriors are just this kind of club that seem to have a culture issue. um, And the Tigers, well, we all know the story about the Tigers. They haven't featured in the the finals at all uh, since, I think it was 2011. It might be 2010. Uh, So, I guess... And they're not, they're not making a lot of changes at that board level, at that CEO level. And I'm wondering if it's about time we start uh, turning the laser towards those types instead of the coaches over and over and over again. Because as you mentioned, there, is a, there isn't a great deal of talent out there. No, there's not. And I, to be honest, you, you're sort of a victim of the roster that you have and uh, Maguire's probably been there long enough, like of those three guys, to, to sign enough people to potentially turn his fortunes around. Uh, I thought Hastings has been a really good signing for mm-hmm. him. Yeah, I mean, sort of, I really don't know. Unless you've got the players, you can only do so much. I mean, I'm sure they've all given it their all and um, they understand the game well. And, and for a bit, I'm sure their message was getting across because all those clubs have had some really good upset wins in the, in the time that those coaches have been there, but it, the consistency has just not been there at all. So, um, unfortunately, they've, they've got to make a change, and it's easier to get rid of one guy than it is 30 players. Mm-hmm. I have heard that, uh, according to Phil Gould on 100% footy, so, mm-hmm. you know, I haven't heard through the grapevine. I heard from him on television that uh, apparently there's going to be a, a bit of an exodus at the Tigers because of Madge uh, leaving. So, mm. that could be interesting. He didn't name names anything like that. It could be just Phil Gould talking smack. Who knows? But uh, that would be a very curious situation for the Tigers. One thing I want to touch on with you about the Warriors is, do you think, and we have to be, you know, let's be sensitive about this situation that you and I are both not New Zealanders. We're both from Australia. But do you think that New Zealand need a proud New Zealand representative to step into this role, or do you think it's more a matter of the best coach for the situation, ignoring cultural factors? I think there's certainly cultural factors that go into a club like the New Zealand Warriors. So maybe it is um, an important thing to have a New Zealander or someone like that in charge of them. I'm not too sure whether that person could be the assistant coach, and I have no doubts at all. If you had the right coach, so say like a Bellamy or a Bennett, they could do the job at the Warriors. I just think that they just need to make sure they find the, the right person and and definitely have some of that cultural um, awareness in the coaching staff. And yeah, how that how that sort of comes out, whether that's the head coach or assistant coach, I'm not sure. But yeah, ultimately they need to get the right guy for the job. Do you reckon Madge might be the right guy for the job? Now that we're talking about musical chairs, uh, he has of course coached the national national team. I think he still is. Is he is he the right fit, or is it too soon for him? Do you think? I think he's a bit, a little might be a little bit abrupt for the guys there. I, I really think the Warriors need a complete freshen up. I, I don't think they need a hard taskmaster. 
to be honest, maybe that's what they tried with Nathan Brown anyway, so maybe I'm completely off, but oh, I really don't see where that club goes from here, to be honest, and, and I really like them as well. Love watching them play when they're in full flight, so without yeah, a Bennett, a Bellamy, a Robinson, it's it's pretty hard to sort of see who they go to. Speaking of the caretakers, really quickly before we move on to round 14 predictions. So Mick Potter has come into the Bulldogs. He's been there for a couple of weeks now. And I've noticed he's made some changes. Uh, for example, Matt Dufty is now outside the top 17. Jake Averillo, which, which you and Chris talked about being a good idea, moving him to fullback. Uh, he's seen, he had some moments against the Panthers, yep. I thought. Some scratchy mm-hmm. moments too, but he'll get better. So Potter, I think, has probably improved the Bulldogs, especially in attack, uh, since he's taken over. I don't think they're a top eight team, though. Um, the Tigers might be a bit too far away, but with Jones taking over at the Warriors and Kamali taking over at the Tigers, can you see either of those teams making a uh, making a goal of it uh, towards top eight? Not really. I, I'm really unsure about Brett Kamali's credentials. I understand he's done some stuff with junior teams and. Um, potentially all the way up to Jersey Flegg, but that I'm not sure that's going to translate to the top job at a, at a NRL um, club. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really unsure about that one. And Stacey Jones, obviously an absolute legend of the Warriors. The one thing I'd probably expect Stacey to do, to do is just make it fun for the guys over there. Or well, they're sorry, they're in Redcliffe still at the moment, but mm. try and really make some footy fun because. The best Warriors teams we've seen are, are ones that are full of attacking flair, and I just don't think it suits a lot of their guys playing to a, a really rigid structure. Uh, I think it's much better off them. Open the floodgates, and, and guys, at the moment, we're not in the top eight, so let's go chase points and, and try and make it that way rather than trying to grind out defensive wins, and then they just make errors on the back of that. It's it's, it's not the way they should play. So, yeah, op- open the doors, Stacey, to some yeah enterprising footy. Thanks for your thoughts, Friendy. That was a that was a good wild card. That was a, that's probably our longest one yet, I think. <laughs> All up. Let's talk about uh, round fourteen predictions. Of course, we're going to have no phenomenal trivia this time because I think you would win a bit too easily against yourself. <laughs> um, and of course, let's keep our origin predictions for the next episode, which will be on the feed of anybody listening. Uh, and while you're there, why don't you subscribe because that would be absolutely lovely. Round 14 kicks off, of course, no Thursday night football this week because of Origin on Wednesday. So it'll be Friday, the 10th of June, 7.55 p.m. from Queensland Country Bank Stadium. It is the Cowboys and the Dragons. They're, the Cowboys haven't named um, a lot of their Origin stars in their team um, because they're in the reserves. They're going to see how they pull up. I think the Dragons are going to play a pretty similar, although they have named Ben Hunt and Tariq Sims. So they have named their team. That's an interesting little point of difference. It'll all depend on fitness, of course. Who do you like in this one and why? I'll be tipping your Cowboys here, Bo. I think they're absolutely flying at the moment. They had a good win last week uh, when they were undermanned, and I can't see why they can't repeat that uh, up at home again. Yeah, I think being at home is certainly a factor. Um, It has been all season, uh, and you know, going from a Sydney winter to a, a Townsville winter is about a 10 degree difference at night time. So uh, I too will be going for the Cowboys. Their their form is irresistible at the moment. The next game is on Saturday afternoon, only the one Friday night game this week. On Saturday afternoon at 3 p.m. from Seabus Super Stadium, it'll be a round of applause for the Titans and the Rabbitohs. The big team list news is that Jaden Campbell 
will be out for about eight weeks. Uh, he's, he's done a, a very high-grade tear on his hamstring. So, that means that AJ Brimson will move to fullback and Paul Turner gets a crack at 5'8". Uh, Latrell Mitchell was apparently just about fit to return, but then got COVID. So, he'll he'll be out for a little while again. Cody Nicarima is named at fullback with Blake Taff outside the 17. Who do you like here? Geez, I was really close to tipping the Titans here, though, but I just I just can't trust their edge defence. It's basically pathetic, to be honest. So I'm sure they can score a few points. I think this will be a really high-scoring affair, but I'll be tipping the Bunnies. I will too. I, I just I just can't see it. But uh, if, if they do manage to get the win, the Titans, I will certainly join the rest of CBUS in a huge and deep round of applause. Uh, the next game is from the Sydney Cricket Ground at 5.30. It is the Roosters and the Storm. Now, not a lot of team news here. Uh, of course, it'll all depend on Origin. There's a lot of people playing Origin in both of these sides. So, who do you like out of the Roosters and the Storm? I'll be tipping the Storm. Uh, I, what I will say is I think the Roosters will be absolutely filthy that they dropped last week's game mm. leading into this one because if they had have won last week, uh, they would have been, what, two points higher, potentially, yeah, fifth or no, they could have been up to sixth, but sort of pushed away from that eighth or ninth spot. They're mm-hmm. now equal with those guys, and they're, they're probably not going to be able to be a rest Tedesco or, or guys like that. So, yeah, I'll be tipping Melbourne. Um, yeah. I will also tip the Storm, uh, but I have got a bold prediction about this one, so I'll, I'll keep that one in my back pocket. The next game is at 7.35 that evening at Suncorp Stadium. It is the Broncos and the Raiders. There is a little bit of team news here in the sense that Tyson Gamble appears to have been dropped uh, for Ezra Mam with Adam Reynolds returning from his hamstring injury. Uh, the Raiders, it'll all depend on origin, of course, with both of these sides. But uh, that one's a big one because... Gamble's not even listed amongst the reserves, and I can't find any injury news on him. So I guess he's just just dropped out. So who do you like out of the Broncos and the Raiders? I like the Broncos. I, I think they're a really good chance here uh, to have a big win over the Raiders. Um, similar things. I, I don't really like Canberra's edge defense. They scrambled quite well on the weekend, but I think good teams, and I think Brisbane are fast becoming a good team, can really take advantage of that retreating edge defence that they have. So, yeah, I'll be tipping Brisbane. And I wonder if Gambles was a an off-field indiscretion. One, I just wonder. Well, I also wonder because he's been in reasonable touch, but mm. Ezra Mam is the future. Um, yep. And I wonder if, if this is just Kevin Walters just leaning into that uh, while they're in good touch, while they're confident. Uh, Gamble might handle the rejection a bit better. Um who knows what the reason is? It, it could be anything, really. Um, I assume he's not COVID, but apart from that, uh, don't know. Yeah. <laughs> the next game is Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock. It's from Campbelltown Sports Stadium. It is those Tigers and the Seagulls. Now, the Tigers, of course, have a coaching change. They also welcomed David Norfoluma back after an extended stint in reserve grade, which was a bit unusual, I thought. Uh, the Seagulls welcome back their captain, Daly Cherry Evans, and Josh Schuster then back to the bench, which it's a bit of a stacked bench for the Sea Eagles. Uh, what, what do you make of this game? Yeah, as you said, the bench is really strong there. I, Tigers, they, they might show something. I, I think their roster is improving, but yeah, I, I'm going to tip Manly. I think it's a super important game for them in terms of where they are on the ladder. So they won't want to drop this one, and yeah, I think they'll win. I'm going to I'm gonna do that that 
stupid thing where I think we've already disproved this, where it's statistically it's not a thing, but <laughs> new coach. I like, you know what? I just, I really like Jackson Hastings as the halfback. I've got a feeling, uh, I've just got a feeling. I don't know. Again, this is like the Warriors. I took the Warriors against the Seagulls last week. They went fantastic. So we'll see how this goes. I'm going to tip the Tigers, I think, uh, out at Campbelltown to bring it home. Shout out to our friend Chris Waring. Um, the next game is from McDonald Jones Stadium. It is your Knights against the Panthers. A lot will ride on if they get their origin players back, uh, particularly, of course, Kalen Ponga. He's the main one because the rest of them are kind of just squad members. Uh, the Panthers have named all their origin stars. Uh, again, will depend on if they get them back. What are you thinking? Yeah, I, I just can't see how you tip against Penrith here unless they miss all of their origin players or something ridiculous like that. If yeah, if most of those guys back up, which I'm assuming on Sunday they will, uh, yeah, we're in for a long afternoon. I'll be tipping Penrith. Mm. Yeah, me too. I think so as well. Even even if a bunch of those guys are out, like you know, I look at their reserves list and it's got names like the the uh, West Tigers legend Robert Jennings. They've got Sean <laughs> O'Sullivan, Spencer Lenu, Charlie Staines, Kurt Falls who had a fantastic debut. Jermaine Hopgood, uh, you know, future. Maroon, probably. Uh, Chris Smith, of course. Uh, they, they've got, <laughs> there's, a, there's a good reserves list. I think most people would have those guys in their starting 17. So, uh, you know, Panthers for me as well. Uh, second last game is at Moulton Daly Stadium. It is the Warriors and the Sharks. Uh, in terms of teamless news, not a lot to report, really. Uh, Josh Curran returns for the Warriors, uh, and that's really about it. So who do you like out of the Warriors and Sharks? Yeah, I like the Sharks here. Uh, I think they'll look to make a bit of a push here through the origin period where they're not really missing that many guys or sort of backing up or anything because Nico's not actually playing. So I think they will be one of the stronger teams through this period. Um, also just noticing, I think, is Wade Graham named it? 19th man? Yeah, he's, he's working his way back from a foot injury apparently. Mm, he did play a couple of games. Hmm. Yeah, I, I wonder there, but um, yeah, I'll be tipping Cronulla and I think they'll win well. Me too. I think so as well. I'm going to ignore the whole new coach thing with the Warriors. They, I, they haven't earned my trust. Uh, speaking of new coaches, the Bulldogs against the Eels is on Monday afternoon at four o'clock from Acor Stadium. Uh, in terms of teamless news, Micah Sivo has returned for the Eels at long last um, and not really much else to talk about there. So who do you like out of the Bulldogs and Eels? I'll be tipping Parramatta. I can't see how I tip um, the Bulldogs again this season, to be honest. So, yeah, eels for me. Even if it's like Bulldogs versus the Warriors and the Warriors have 10 players out? like Mate, they, they just got beaten by Penrith reserve grade side. So, um, yeah, well, not really a reserve grade side. But, damn good reserve yeah, grade, team. Yeah, damn good reserve grade side, but they got touched <laughs> up. So, yeah, I can't, I can't tip Canterbury. Yeah, Parramatta for me. Me too. All right, let's talk about bold predictions. Uh, you can go first on this one, I think. What's your bold my, prediction? My bold this week, Bo, is I think this will be the highest scoring round so far this season. The highest scoring round this season. Are there any particular games you're looking at that is going to be just big blowouts? Yeah, I think there's a few mismatches there. Uh, just even even the game, like say something like a Titans and Souths, I think that'll be there'll be 40 or 50 points in that. So mm. you've got that along with um, games like I, I think the Cowboys should win well. Brisbane, potentially Penrith, Manly and, and Parramatta, even the Sharks really. I think there's a few mismatches there and there's oh, there's a couple of games 
in Queensland uh, at night time, so it sort of takes away from the fact that um, there'll be dew or anything like that because it's still all right up there from what I understand. Mm-hmm. You probably know a bit better, but, yeah, I think it makes for a high-scoring round. All right, cool. That sounds uh, that sounds fun because I've got a feeling that Origin will be a bit more of a defensive affair, particularly the way Queensland want to play. So, uh, that'll be nice to, to get a real good tight defensive Origin and then just like release the shackles for round 14. That sounds fun to me. Uh, my ball prediction, as I mentioned, is from the Roosters and Storm game. I too... See, Trent Robinson knows better than most that premierships are not won in June, but I think they can be lost. And if you have a key injury to a key player, that that could lose you a premiership. Even that withstanding, I think Tedesco has to play. He has been named. And I think he will play. I think he'll score a try, create a try assist, and run for over 200 metres uh, in in a performance that is going to be a real statement, I think. I'm, I'm, I don't think it'll get them the win. I'm not going to tip that. But I do think that Tedesco is going to be really fired up after the recent performances from the Roosters. So, uh, a try, a try assist and 200 metres for him. Friendy, thank you so, so much for your thoughts about uh, the, all the coaching situation, of course, and, and round 14, mate. Uh, no worries at all. Been a pleasure as always. Yep, absolute pleasure, mate. Look forward to the origin stuff. Above the Horizontal is brought to you by the Pioneer Australia. Find them on Facebook or at www.pioneeraustralia.wordpress.com. The panellists are Miles Stedman, Kieran Gibson and Daniel Friend. And it's hosted and produced by me, Bo Nicholson.